1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTMobile.com.
0: I'll be the first to admit that the off season moves we made last year did not lead to immediate productivity on those contracts this year and it put us in a little bit of a hole early uh, with our starting pitching that we all had to work hard to overcome
1: and so we have to own that and I have to own that and and, and find a way to, to be better
2: Theo Epstein your baseball bar mitzvah boy he, um, he's got some work to do decisions to make Laid out all kinds of big money for bad pitching and injured pitching. And and you have to, play. the rules say, you have to play the game with pitching. Well, let's find out what the Cubs are going to do. Rosenblum and Spiegel with you. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Are we welcome to The Score. Welcome back to The Score. Cubs beat writer for The Athletic in Chicago, Sahadev Sharma. Sahadev, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be a part of The Suck.
2: Yes, well... Speaking of the starting pitching, speaking of the free agent starters, that was suckage for a long time. Now, what is the baseball Moses going to do about it?
1: As far as uh, the starting pitching for 2019, you're saying?
2: Yes, because the rules still say... You have to pitch. You can't hit it off a tee. You can't give everybody an intentional walk. You're going to have to have somebody on the mound, take a signal, and throw the ball. Take a sign and sure. throw the ball. Yeah,
1: I think, I mean, they've made their move. Cole Hamels uh, solidifies their rotation in their minds. Uh, you, I, I think it makes sense. You have to bring back Cole Hamels in the sense that some people could have said you had a solid four with Lester, Quintana, Hendricks. And Darvish, I think going into 2019, expecting Darvish to be, uh, you know, a productive member of the rotation for 32 starts would be really foolish. Especially when you have a guy like Hamels, who you can rely upon, who they trusted, who transformed himself in the second half, uh, for really what is a bargain price of 20 million dollars. I know that sounds crazy, especially when we're talking about. potential restraints in spending but that's a bargain price for the way he produced in the second half and it wasn't just like this random bump there was there were legitimate reasons to believe he figured some things out mechanically uh there was an uptake in velocity all those things were we've gone over that during the season that this wasn't some flash in the pan performance from Cole Hamilton so if you have if you add him to those four that i mentioned now you have a you feel a little more comfortable with the depth of guys like Montgomery Uh, Alec Mills and yes, Tyler Chatwood, all those, I mean, you have like a, you know, six, seven, eighth, ninth starters in, in a sense, uh, guys uh, in the minors
0: or in the bullpen all right let's get to the, uh, the i believe you said restraints and spending or the constraints and <laughs> spending here mr sharma it's the uh, yeah. it's the athletic you bunch of guys i don't know you ever <laughs> knew anything had sources on stuff what no i mean kenny rosenthal ran with it and then i wasn't sure if patrick mooney is is connecting um kenny's sources to his but patrick furthering this idea um, that the Cubs are not going to have room; they're not going to have room to go after a Bryce Harper or the like because of constraints. It, it, is this widespread within the industry, or is this the Kenny Rosenthal sourced stuff? And how and how seriously do you take it personally?
1: Yeah, no, I think this is coming from multiple places. Okay, so, and I think it's it's pretty. It's it. it I also believe that if this were just completely off base, uh, you'd hear that as well, if you know what I mean. You know, yes, they wouldn't be quiet about it. They'd they'd get it out there that, oh, hold on a second. Uh, There's no spending limits here where we're going to go crazy. (laughs) this Maybe maybe not flat out say that. But, you know, if this was way off base, would have heard something about it. And and maybe and and we will next week. Right. If they they feel this is just completely wrong, they're going to tell us that. Uh, at the GM meetings. I I don't believe that's the case. I believe that right now, at this moment, and we've seen off-seasons change as the market changes and plans change and how things kind of unfold, but right now, with what they expect Bryce Harper to uh, uh, command, it's just not realistic in their eyes to spend that much money and be that far above uh, these artificial thresholds that have been put in place with luxury taxes and the different levels. Of the luxury tax, and, and they'd be hitting that upper number of, I believe, two forty six. I need, I really need to sit down and go through it again because there were all those changes made and exactly what the restrictions are. But I believe the upper threshold is two forty six. You go past that, and some different things happen. That's more than just money. Uh, personally, I think when you're in this window, very clear, obvious window to two twenty twenty one, that they don't, they aren't shy about that they have this window. That's when hobby. Bryant and Rizzo, their contracts end. Uh, I think you pay you you pay the tax. I think you you uh, take ten spots back in the draft. I think you uh, have some IFA restrictions if if it comes to that, because this is a clear window where elite talent is now available uh, that almost never happens. You're never going to see this type of talent available at this age, and and you go for it. That's that's my personal opinion. Right now, it doesn't appear to be the way they they're they're going to go about it. That doesn't mean that they're happy with what they have, and that they're just going to sit out the off season. Though.
0: I I just don't. I, I'm with you. I I think that is what you do. At this moment in the window, when you have built your organization into being the big market behemoth that you are, the Red Sox were $37 million above the tax threshold this year. This, yep. is, this is where you're trafficking now. Time is now. And if you told Theo Epstein seven years ago that they were going to get to this point and not have the ability to do that, I don't know that he takes the job.
2: Let me bring up something for both of you. And you play poker and you could understand that. Okay. Last year's free agency dragged on and on and on. Nobody wanted to spend money. And that's the way it That's the way it played out. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there was the Darvish thing. It popped up. And J.D. Martinez was late
0: in the process, that's too. That's my
2: point. So if I'm Theo Epstein, I want the story out that there's some kind of constraint or restraint. I don't need to jump now. I don't need to set the market. I'm better off trying to not necessarily get a bargain, but coming in a dollar more than somebody else later on, knowing I have... No restraints. I—that's the way I would play this right now. I would let that story sit. So that said, Sahada, what kind of, hmm. what are my chances of being right?
1: Uh, there's a couple things, and I'm not saying that's not what they're doing. I, I just don't see how that works in a sense because a, uh, how how do you pull that over on Scott Boris? Like Scott Boris would be like, oh no, the Cubs aren't. Well, I better take Luis Mooney. if The Cubs aren't involved in Bryce. Mooney. I'm scared, and I'm going to just take less money. Is no, no, that no. How? He's not going to take less money. He but knows that Boris fewer, will call
0: him and give him a chance. Or at there the were end.
2: fewer bidders. He'll try to. He'll try to. There's a, there's a there's a certain amount of time, a length of time, where it becomes worthwhile when the the off season is played out. Maybe he does trade Tyler Chatwood and gets rid of all the money by trading. Kyle okay, Schreiber so with you're saying Mike...
1: he's buying time. He's yes. Seeing, 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 like, listen, I'm not going to be super aggressive early on. Let's see how this plays out. And if someone jumps the market and gives Bryce Harper an insane uh, contract, you know, in the next two weeks, there's nothing they could have done about it either way. Uh, so kind of well, there it is. They like could have
2: they could have overpaid, but I just don't. Sure. think. I think he's betting on this. I think he's betting on a, a calm market. Yeah. And nobody wants to go there, which plays to his advantage if he can make some moves, or maybe it's not as much as he was willing to spend, and he views that as a bargain as well. It plays to his advantage if people think they're not going to be they're not going to be playing this game; they're going to sit out this hand.
1: And uh, part of your, I, I don't think you're completely wrong in a sense. In the sense that uh, right now this is a snapshot of what's happening currently. Well, what they're thinking is. And it can change it can change in two weeks, it can change in two months, depending on how the market plays out. I think that 's what Patrick has heard. I think that 's what Patrick actually said on uh, the score yesterday when he was talking to Lawrence uh, we 've seen it change we 've seen uh, you know we 've talked to people off the record on the record in previous off saying, yeah we can't afford this we can 't do this, we can 't do that." I uh, mean the market kind of plays out in a different way. How you know Dio has a chat with uh, Tom and says, "Hey, let's go harder. Let's go get uh, Jason Hayward. This is what I envision. This is what I see. Uh, you know, new mm-hmm. Darvish costs a lot less than we expected. Let's go. Uh, let's go after him. He fills this hole, that hole. This is what the next off season and the off seasons afterwards have to offer for uh, pitching. And this is you know all these different uh, variations and things that are they're going through processes that they're thinking about." And, uh, this is they they they're going to go through that sure if it if this drags on like it did last offseason uh, uh yeah could they get back in it could they could plans change certainly but right now this is this is how we're seeing it play out that i at this moment if he's going to be paid 30 35 million unless there's a drastic change to the construction of the roster then they're not going after Bryce Harper and Manny Machado.
0: This hour on the score is brought to you by Oakbrook Toyota and Westmont. When searching for a new Toyota, search for oakbrooktoyota.com. Number 1 uh, luxury tax hit player on the Cubs is John Lester. That's fine. Number 2, 3 and 4 are Jason Hayward, Yu Darvish and Tyler Chatwood. Whoops. Um, so of those uh, uh, of, of those 3 um, I mean, when you dream of finding someone to take that contract of any of those guys and you can eat some money, uh, you can find a way to do it. Like, is there a chance they can get one of those three off the roster? Darvish has a full no-trade clause. I know that. Yes. Hayward so – and I think Hayward has like 12 teams that he could say yes to and Chatwood has no protections. But can, yeah. can they do so, this with any of those guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it would be complicated and – I mean, we're talking about Theo Epstein. Has he been aggressive and pulled a rabbit out of a hat before? Dozens of times. We've seen him do things that nobody expected to be pulled off, and he made things happen. Can they? I, I would. I would say, in order of guys that they move, like Darvish seems impossible, right? He's yeah. coming off a season where he, when he was on the mound, he wasn't good, and then he's coming off an injury and a procedure as well. Uh, we don't know what 2019 holds for him. Uh, I'm perfectly comfortable being a little bit optimistic with how he, he may perform in 2019, mainly because it's going to be hard to be worse than what last season was, right? Uh, so it, it just doesn't make sense to move him at such a low uh, point in his value, and, and it's going to be really hard because that's a lot of money to eat. Uh, similar situation with Hayward with also the, the the fact that we know he provides some value, right? There's yeah. something that he does that provides value, both tangible and intangible. He provides defense, he runs the bases. Great clubhouse guy, great guy that uh, you know fits well into the clubhouse, gets along with everybody, people respect, look up to, all, all those different things that are impossible to measure that do matter in some fashion. Uh, it, Chatwood struggles out of the bullpen, struggles out of the rotation. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, there. it was hard for him last season, so it wasn't like he could emerges any sort of presence in the clubhouse right? it's really hard when you come in to a situation where the team isn't living up to expectations in a sense and you are looked at as a big part of that right how is he supposed to even establish himself uh, comfortably in the clubhouse if if he can't perform on the field right he's so focused on himself and he should be he needs to figure out how to get himself right so there's if you take that out of the equation take him out of the clubhouse equation take him off the team it's not like oh geez that that hurts the clubhouse chemistry in any way uh so yeah if there's a way they can figure out to package him either with a prospect or eating some money uh, for another bad contract or something like that for a lesser bad contract for a contract that's only one year long whatever it is what you know there's different ways to to make these things uh work yeah maybe maybe there's something you can do there uh i i still think it's a long shot and uh, I guess that's what they're going to be going over over the next few weeks and months, trying to figure out how they can clear up some space to fill all these holes. Cause it's not just offense; it's not just about. That's why. That's why I think you could get away with saying if it was just they just needed to add Bryce Harper, then yeah, I mean, go a little bit over and 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 do that, or don't pick up Hamill's uh, option and go do that and add him. That's not the only hole, right? They they need to add another reliever that can really help uh, Brandon Morrow. They need to add a backup catcher to make sure Wilson Contreras doesn't catch over eleven 1, hundred innings again. All these little things that they need to add uh, those those add dollars to the payroll that they seem to be you know wanting to kind of hold to a certain level. We're
2: talking with Sahad of Sharma of the Athletic, covers the Cubs uh, a little while ago, about an hour ago. We were Spiegel and I were kicking around the idea of. The Chatwood thing, eating money is not gonna be enough. You can't get rid of him for eating money. So then he may cost you Ian and half just to get rid of him and whatever you get back. But what if you raise the Annie and included Schwarber to an American league team and we centered on Cleveland? And you've you've raised that, especially if you have you do have designs on, on Bryce Harper and outfielder's gotta be moved. What is what is the likelihood that Schwarber could get packaged like that or get traded at all? In light of Theo saying we need to deal with production, not projections.
1: Yeah, there's so uh, there's a couple people that uh, that stood out to me when when he said that. And Schwarber was one of them, and I'm one of those guilty that's been high on on Schwarber and he hasn't lived up to expectations yet. Obviously, has time to do that, but yeah, I think Schwarber, Hab, <clears throat> uh, Almora. These are guys that you may see uh, dangled, and I think if they're not going after Harper a trade a big trade to fix the offense in a sense to get an impact bat, and that's something that you know this weekend i'm going to spend i'm going to write about how if they're not going after harper what do they do to fix the offense you know and and that's one of the options is is making a trade and i don't think it's just about uh trying to dump a salary like Chatwood. maybe if that's you know if that means going after harper then sure yes then you try and dump that salary if it if you're trying to impact the offense with a trade, then it's not going to be a salary dump, right? It has to be a legitimate trade where you're moving guys that, you know, you may not want to move. You may not love moving, but Hey, this is what it takes to get this offense to the next level, to make it look like that Boston Red Sox offense that we saw this past season win the world series after a struggling 2017. Mm -hmm. So, so you're, you're trying to, I'm going to (laughs) spend these next couple of days, uh, uh reaching out to people, find out who the true sellers are. We know Cleveland is one of them. There's some obvious ones, but maybe there there's some surprise best that may be available. And I think uh I, I really think that's the route that Theo would prefer to go because hey, he loves to kind of uh pull a rabbit out of his out of a hat and, and surprise people and and he's done it so many times where we thought as he was handcuffed in a sense and he was able to do something that nobody really expected. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if, if if the trade route is the route that they go, and it actually you know it, it turns out to be yeah, huh, yeah, that's a nice move. Wow, they did do something that really transformed this offense on paper at least, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think I think they want Todd, to have more guys who can be like Anthony Rizzo or be like some of those Red Sox guys where you go ahead and use your launch angle on the first two strikes and then you're, you're malleable and can turn into a contact guy at the important moments. Like You can't sit around and wait for Kyle Schwarber to become that. It's time to go find somebody who is that.
1: Yes, and, and I want to be careful because I probably overreacted immediately, especially after listening to Theo. That oh my dear lord this offense is a disaster right I mean he was he was, he was pretty harsh but I also think don't think he was overreacting but it, I, I think it caused some of us to overreact in the sense that I was thinking uh, whoa this offense is really bad and then I, I almost overreacted in the sense that wait a second Chris Bryant isn't going to be that Chris Bryant if he's healthy right and you're not I, I'm not lumping and I hope most people aren't lumping Wilson Contreras into this into this uh, camp of, oh, he can't produce, right? It it was a struggle for him last year, but that's, you know, he's the prime guy when I think of development as in linear. I mean, this guy's too talented and maybe it was uh, being in the middle with these philosophies of launch angle. I mean, he was a guy that transformed himself in 2017 with getting the ball in the air and then all of a sudden he was right back to getting the ball on the ground again this past season and Mm. that, that completely changed him as a player, and uh, the guy that we had MVP buzz for uh, coming into the season <laughs> wasn 't close to that obviously uh, so and and you have to factor into all these other things when it comes to the development of a catcher, so because it 's really hard to learn the game, uh, handling calling a game, doing all those little things that he was working on, framing, blocking every little thing, and being an excitable person that uh, runs on high-octane, you know, 24-7, that's really hard. You need to know how to control that emotion. You need to know when to expend it, how to expend it. He's a young guy, and and a scout told me this, and I thought it was really, like, opened my eyes in a sense. Like, Javier Baez was similar, but he could get away with it because he's not a catcher. So you didn't notice the lapses uh, because he was ticked about uh, a strikeout inning before because he probably didn't see a ball come his way that inning. Right, we'd see it occasionally, but not as frequently as we may see it with uh, Contreras, because he can't have any lapses in concentration. Because if he's not paying when a 90, paying attention when a ninety six mile per hour uh, two seamer comes in and he can't catch it because he was thinking about a strikeout from the inning before, that everyone's going to see that, everyone's going to complain about that, and everyone's going to say what's going on with this guy. So, so he cannot take time off, and that's really hard on a young player that's still trying to learn the game. Uh, so many different facets.
2: So, how to? Before we let you go, I'm not the. I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm not saying they're necessarily connected, but but they might be. What if Theo ends up, I don't know, December after the winter meetings, and says, "We believe that our offense is better. With Bryant will be healthy. Contreras comes back. They've made no moves. They've yeah. They've done nothing. Manny Machado signs with some team willing to accept a guy who doesn't run out everything and plays dirty. And what if Theo says that and Bryce Harper signs with the Cardinals? <laughs> they have money. They have money. What happens, Sahadev?
1: Yeah. What do you write? I mean, what, happens- what do you do? Yeah, so no, you can't do that. You can't say what you said uh, at the end of the season and then not mix it up in some way, add some sort of element that changes the offense uh, and just rely on development once again. I think that's very dangerous. Uh, it's a huge risk, and I think it's not the type of risk you take when we just talked to you know five minutes ago about this window that they have, and you're not going to make any changes to a team that you said an offense broke, and now two months later you've decided that wasn't the case. Uh, that be that be shocking, and uh, I, I don't want to react like that's happening because it would be, <laughs> it would just be it would just be crazy. I, I don't know how you could do that, and then to add on <laughs> your uh, chief rivals adding one of the greatest talents we've seen in recent memory uh i don't know that's that that's a doomsday scenario for uh, for cups fans i would say i think i think, think you it would be great for sports radio and the things that you write. do so uh the, the stuff that we'd write at the athletic would get so many subscribers yep. and i'd have so many angry commenters that it would be good for business I'm not sure if it would be so good for everyone's
0: sanity. I, I'm just trying to, as I play this out, as I play this out, I'm thinking about 2022 when the 10-year window, the Bill Walsh timeframe that Theo said is just about enough that he had in Boston, yeah. that it will now have played out here. And he and Jed and Jason are deciding on round three like where are we gonna go? Bolivia, San Diego. If they're
2: Bolivia. That's I think, where Butch and Sundance you went. You think so? Yeah.
0: I, I think back to San Diego for Jed, and they can all go and and, and play round three out there in San Diego. Have have some fun uh, out there. Either that, or you know, run the Democratic Party. One of those two things. <laughs> Somebody should.
1: <laughs>
2: Somebody should be in charge and have a plan. wasn't
1: there Wasn't there a chance of just hiking uh, in the Himalayas or something like that? Exploring, uh, exploring some country. I I thought, I oh, yeah, thought that was yeah, that that came,
0: that came up too. The All right, so they take a year off, they take a gap year. <laughs> they, take a gap year. <laughs> they take a gap year and go to the Himalayas and then come back and build the Padres into the juggernaut. And Theo actually finds the Yeti. I think that's what happens.
1: <laughs> If anybody's yes, going to,
0: he's going to scout like him. He's
1: droughts and find the Yeti. You know, uh,
0: <laughs> you know what no. kind of you know closer the Yeti could be? be Talk bro, about scaring you. need a ya. good scout.
2: It's Jason like, McLeod, will, he's an excellent scout. You think scout. it's a
0: good Yeti scout? Yeti you think Al Raboski was scary yeah. on the mound? <laughs> Imagine the Yeti out there.
2: Thanks for participating in this nonsense, Sahada. <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> Thank you for having uh, me. <laughs> right. Appreciate it. All right, it's Sahada Sharma, yeah. The Athletic. <laughs>
0: What a, what a legacy. He ended the Red Sox drought and the Cubs drought and then found, the <laughs> found Yeti, Bigfoot.
2: Found the Yelly. All right. So uh, we're going to take a break. We come, Now we have Notre Dame Northwestern stuff to get to. They played that big game tonight. The
0: 49th matchup the in the history of the rivalry. We have it's true. That.
2: And we have... Now that we've talked about the American Thanksgiving, um, Iceland's Christmas goat needs some attention. And... <laughs> Edmonton's police force has something to say. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get to all that fun and games, all those nourishing nuggets before two o'clock. We may need more than just that to get to two o'clock. That's what's gonna happen. We suck, so you don't have to. We're trying to prove it regularly. Spiegel and Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy, the score. <laughs>
1: Steve Rosenblum is on his way to work here, everybody, on a Saturday morning
0: Time for a little Guns N' Roses, Sweet
2: Child of Mine, WSCR. There's something hypnotic about that opening riff. It's good guitar tone. It's, it is. It's good riff. And I think the song just keeps getting better. I hear it every, I drive in for this show, I hear it every weekend as if it were on the bingo card for radio program, music programmers. And I don't know if it is or is it. Isn't. Nicely done. You like?
0: This hour of the score is brought to you by Oakbrook Toyota in Westmont. When searching for a new Toyota, search for oakbrooktoyota.com. True story my brother got married, and I sang for him and his wife to dance to. But the band was an 18 piece um, big band. So we did like a jazz big band version of sweet child that's the
2: thing it was that that's the that's vegas that's you what, a lounge act it happened you got a big band doing it happened it, it,
0: that's what it it, that, it it elicited a bunch and, of uh non-plements hey you guys were up there and you were doing it <laughs> non-plements non
2: you guys were playing man that's what that was right and by the way, Tributosaurus, Wednesday at Martyrs. Yes, sir. Jackson Brown. Tis true. Jackson
0: Brown. Yep, Tributosaurus.com for info. What like. would it be
2: next after? Uh, oh, Jackson Brown. I
0: can't tell you. Oh. I can't tell you. big, right. uh, big. Because you'd have to kill me, secret. which is a good option. Right.
2: There'd be a lot of people who would vote with you on that.
0: Springsteen, the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. We always do that. We do Springsteen, the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. At Martyrs. Uh, actually, a wire.
2: Oh, yeah, wire.
0: In, <laughs> in yeah, we do. But And it's funny, because we call that the Packers Sweep. Because we keep calling that play, and it just keeps working. Well, there you go. You know? Until they stop you. Until they stop. <laughs> there you go. That's the theory. So <laughs> it works every year. I it's have uh,
2: you. You had wanted to talk about Notre Dame Northwestern. We never talk college here unless someone's in trouble. Yeah, but. man.
0: Forty forty 49th time that they have matched up. You know, it started in earnest in nineteen twenty. You know why it began. They they started playing for a trophy. They played for a shillelagh um, from they. from 1920 until the mid 70s. It began because Newt Rockney wanted a rivalry that reached into Chicago. That's why it began.
2: And you know what? He had his wife sweet talk. Uh, I can't remember the USC coach's wife. Uh, they wanted he set up the the cross country the intersectional rivalry with USC for, for the same, same reason, reason.
0: Same reason for for LA. Yeah. So Newt was ahead of his time in all sorts of
2: ways. <laughs> now. I do have something that contradicts what you said about when this series started.
0: Well, no, it it happened happened earlier, but the annual for the trophy started in 1920. But, yeah, you're going to go back to 1889 with me?
2: Yes, I am, because I love this. The Rock Island Argus ran this item. This is back when newspapers really didn't have headlines, and they put ads on the front page, and it was all a graph this, a graph that, and it was very small headlines, but it all looked like we would come to grow up with the the uh, want ads, but that's the way newspaper was. were done. Mm-hmm. So here is a rundown of the game from November 15th called a game of football. That's what it said. <laughs> Dateline, Chicago date, November 15th, the Notre Dame, Indiana university. 11 played a game of football yesterday at Evanston with the Northwestern university. 11 and quote, did up the Northwestern boys in great shape, winning by a score of nine to zero. Nobody was badly hurt, but several of the players limped off the field in a very bunged up condition. Ugh. Captain Hepburn of the Notre Dame I team. I loved
0: her with Spencer Tracy yes. all those movies.
2: Dropped a row of teeth. Ah! Had fractured his jaw in one of the first scrimmages. But nobody was badly hurt. That's what it said. And the Rock Island Argus finishes its rundown. Another Notre Dame man had his head pushed into the ground and retired minus a large patch of his face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But nobody was badly hurt. Did you ever 1889? Uh, oh, that's man, awesome. That's phenomenal. Um, our friend Dave Revson of the Big Ten Network. Oh, sure. Wrote a great book called The Opening Kickoff, which uh-huh. is about college football pre 1900. And it is such a good read because 100% of the issues now facing college football were there. In pre 1900.
2: Of course. It was like uh, Big Jim used to say about Chicago politics college football ain't ready for reform. That's what he used to say. Bathhouse, Jim, some, a Chicago politician, 1900, same time you're oh, talking really? about. Oh, really? Okay. Chicago ain't ready for and, reform. And
0: you know what? You know who was Alabama? Big Bad, the equivalent of Big Bad Alabama that wins every year and they're probably dirty, but you can't find them. And they're University just. University of Chicago. At, at Yale. Yale? Yale was Alabama. Gave us Theo
2: Epstein? <laughs> right.
0: But it's just, everything was was there. Um, but yeah, Northwestern has beaten Notre Dame the last two times they've played, 95 and in 2014. And, I'm surprised they scheduled them again. Right? I, I, here's what I'm trying to figure out. Why is that every year that I can think of in terms of Northwestern, going back to at least every year of this since the resurgence, since the Gary Barnett, resurgence okay Mm -hmm. every year they always call them oh the cardiac kids they're constantly cardiac cats the cardiac cats right um go cats your cardiac kids i believe was um was the 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 uh, cleveland browns under sam retigliano those were the cardiac kids yes they were bernie kosar and everybody um no the cardiac cats they can beat anybody They can lose to anybody. And they've proven it. As is true again this year. They lost to Akron this year. They Mm -hmm. just beat Wisconsin. They can come back on anybody at any time. They can blow a lead on anybody at any time. What is it about the psychological makeup of the Northwestern program that leads them to be that volatile? It's seemingly every
2: year. Because... They're recruiting some good athletes. Mm-hmm. They have some good prep. they have enough good athletes to make you think and, and to accomplish some of those big wins.
0: They have enough athletes to get it done every once in a while.
2: Uh-huh. And they have too many electrical engineers <laughs> who have a final and they they can't always make all the games. Right.
0: The, 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 the consistency of their right. talent is just not there. The consistency of their coachability is is probably
2: there, uh-huh.
0: right? So, like, every once in a while, they will get coached up and have a great scheme, and they'll be impassioned, and they'll bust their ass, and they'll get it done. But every once in a while, they'll just get thoroughly embarrassed with the talent disparity that's actually say, there on
2: the field. I went to the New Hampshire game. I think New Hampshire was Division Two back when they had New- Division Two. My best friend flew in from L.A. He had coached New Hampshire's running back who had a great day. And they were not supposed to lose at home to the. You've, I mean, that's the cupcake, right? That's, right. You invite New right? Hampshire. New Hampshire beat has, them. Has, doesn't it feel like they've always been that way? And they have, and they have. And Eli is getting mad that they don't get bashed more. Who Northwestern? Yes, for losing like that. I said this is still. A cute little pet program. It is. This is the Beanie Baby of football program. (laughs) And they have a nice win, and they go, okay, that's good. They poke their head up. That's nice. Okay. Right. No, yeah. And then they had the bad loss. Hey, man. For which Lovey would have been excoriated, but Lovey's at a a real athletic school.
0: Pat Fitzgerald can go 8 and 4 followed by 7 and 7
2: followed by 8 and 4 for the rest of his life. Does it change though with all the money you were talking about the new basketball arena? Here's the new 2.25 billion the, the whole athletic setup and the weight room and, the, and all that, does that change?
0: I don't think so. I think that they might have sold it that way, that Fitzgerald and everybody else might have sold it to the investors that way, that this is going to elevate us to the big time. But I think there's always going to be a, a darn cute little overachieving Northwestern. Look at them. There's always going to be that component to them, and they okay. use it to their advantage.
2: Speaking of cute, I did not want to miss the chance to discuss the um, Christmas goat in Iceland. And if you're a subscriber to Reykjavik Grapevine, you already know what I'm talking (laughs) about. Most people are. IKEA sponsors a Christmas goat, and it's modeled after the tradition in Sweden. And they've had trouble with it because you can't just put up this massive goat and think people are going to leave it alone, even in a happy little place like Iceland. In 2016, it was the victim of arson. It was it was um, <clears throat> itself immolated the year before that because of faulty wiring. In 2010 and 2012, vandals set fire to the goat. In 2011 and 2013, unusually high winds tore down the goat, the Christmas goat from IKEA. This is the IKEA production here. So now what they've done is they've got guards and barbed wire around it, trying to protect it. As for the high winds, I don't know but I just wanted to update everybody Thank you. on the, the Iceland <laughs> Christmas goat.
0: All right. See, I'm glad we did that.
2: And this was a tweet sent out by the Edmonton Police Department. Yesterday, they, they had their version of winter. We didn't. They did. They got snow. You might think it's year-round snow when you're dealing with Edmonton and the Grand Prairies. not always the case, but mm. it was yesterday. So here's the tweet from the Edmonton Police Department. Your vehicle is not as skilled on ice as Connor McDavid. Your tires are not skates. You cannot speed down a wintry road and expect your vehicle to make a hockey stop. Please drive according to road conditions and your comfort. I love a police department with a sense, with a of, sense humor. of
0: humor and one that uses hockey jokes.
2: That's right. We, we know what you. else you got up there. We know you. It it had been a, you got a mall. And you got hockey jokes. That's what you got.
0: Let me. Uh, I, I I must give some thanks to uh, to my pal Brady, who uh, texted me to remind me that it's not Bernie Kosar it from the cardiac kids. Damn right, it was Brian Sipe for the oh. 1980 Cleveland Browns, along with both Pruitts in the backfield. Both Pruitts, Mike and Greg, Ozzie Newsom Mike at and tight Greg, end.
2: Just with a Brady bunch names. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Mike and Greg Pruitt, Ozzie Newsom at a tight end. Clay Matthews' father. Was named Clay Matthews. I went to
2: school with him. Did you really? Yes, I did. USC, right? Yes, I did. I went to school with Clay Matthews and that that group of guys. Wow, they were. They were. John Robinson had been coaching there for a while. That was so. Yeah.
0: Was, so was that around the same time as as the legendary secondary of Jeff Fisher and Joey Browner and Dennis Smith?
2: I would just remember this is before this was Marcus Allen and okay. Before Charlie White went off into a field in Breo with a trash can lid, thinking he was Captain Anderson uh, Captain America. Oh boy. Charles White was uh, he had he had issues. Yeah, he, he had issues. He found hallucinogens, he got the drugs. Oh boy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that'll happen.
2: Yes, Clay Matthews Sr.
0: Clay Matthews Sr. was there, and Bill Cower was a linebacker on those cardiac kids as well. That was a fun team. I though. N-
2: I'd never heard that.
0: Yeah. Looking at the roster right here, kid. See, it's amazing what the internet can do.
2: What else you want to know? No, that's really good interwebbing. You did great. I have tremendous
0: Google search skills. I really do. Like, you there's not what? a lot that I that I do well in the world, but my search terms, my search term skills Are from You're
2: from, your from, SEO savvy
0: oh, my, from my years as a radio <laughs> producer or a host, learning on the fly. That's a truth. Trying to find, figure stuff out on the fly, I can get t- uh, top link, top link almost every time to get what I
1: need.
2: Uh my search is basically I look at. Christopher kamka's Twitter. That's what I do. That's as far as the searching I go. On this date, November third, right?
0: Okay, November third is the day after Cubs. Uh, the Cubs, Cubs won the giving. World Series. Yeah.
2: Phil Jackson debuted as Bulls heads coach. Oh wow! In eighty nine, in twenty thousand, in two thousand three, ozzy Gian was named White Sox manager. In twenty fourteen, Joe Madden was named Cubs manager.
0: This is quite a day. This is when all it three
2: won a title. In their second season with the team, hmm. so <clears throat> Matt Nagy next year, but he wasn't hired on November third. Yeah, so they should they should fire him today, <laughs> and then rehire him immediately. That
0: timing doesn't work for for football,
2: really. kind well, kinda awkward. it works in Chicago. And of course, the the one right, Chicago they, thing that goes on so is they, so they
0: got to hire somebody today. So who would you fire then, and and who would all of them? So is today the day
2: to fire Madden and bring uh, and And bring Madden back? Bring Girardi. the guy because you don't. Here is what Christopher Campka, the Sultan of the of the stat, Mm -hmm. left out is it's not the day you were hired, it's the facial hair. That is the key to winning in Chicago. It's the facial hair. All of them from Ditka, my friend, Mm. forward. Nobody wins without facial hair in Chicago. Okay. Take a break, let you consider that, get your wall, razors out, and we have another 16 minutes to suck.
0: Before, we can do it.
2: Yeah, I think mean, we can do I it. I know we can. <laughs> We've done it for such a long time. Hey,
0: I, I'm, and I'm, I'm happy to see the Chicago flag getting more incorporated oh. into our sports landscape. I am happy to see that.
2: Well, he'll salute the flag after this. Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. The bottom of the hour here on The
0: Score was brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Coach Collins and Northwestern Basketball return to the new Welsh Ryan Arena this season. Don't miss your chance to catch the Wildcats. Season tickets on sale at nusports.com. Steve Rosenblum, my favorite t-shirt that I own is a black t-shirt with a baseball, a giant baseball on it. But within the baseball is the Chicago flag logo. I, something about the quality of the shirt is part of it because it's incredibly comfortable and it mm-hmm. stretches just right for a man of my peculiar measurements. Um, but it's also it's just like baseball is the thing. It's baseball. The, he went into George Carlin right, right. there. And you go, to, you go to whatever team, whatever ballpark, and just go and see the game and, you know, blessed with objectivity having been a Red Sox fan, uh, born and bred, that yeah. kind of thing. But the Chicago flag is a remarkably a, a beautiful very solid city flag. I don't know what the New York City flag is. Do you know what the Los Angeles city flag is or the Boston flag? I have no idea.
2: I didn't know cities had flags. Right. I, You know, in L.A., I, couldn't, I could not tell you. I assumed it was a traffic jam. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I would think of, or In-N-Out Burger, one of those right. things. Or
0: a silhouette of some 90-year-old dude with a trophy wife.
2: Yeah. Right? There you go.
0: But the Chicago flag getting some more sports involvement. Um, first, on the UIC basketball floor. Google it, folks, if you have not seen it. it is. It appears a Chicago River of sorts. A river
2: runs through it. A
0: river runs through the UIC Flames floor with uh, the two stripes and the stars for the Chicago flag right there.
2: Best court in college basketball, easily.
0: Doesn't that look awesome? Looks absolutely why, phenomenal, why,
2: Eli. The design is just incredible. It, it, it It's unparalleled to any other court. I'm telling you, Steve. Well, you Northwestern's check it out. got something to say, it appears. There was a big celebration there yesterday. Well, how
0: about that thing in Oregon that looks like somehow it looks 3D or 4D or something because it's got like the silhouette of the trees and it's uncomfortable to look at when they're on late at night? I can't,
2: exactly. I can't take it, especially when Or got to wear those highlighter jerseys. Right? It just does not, it's, it doesn't combine too
0: yeah, well. Yeah, somebody put a highlighter on uh, uh-huh. on a silhouette and, right. and the wake and bake had begun. Yes. Uh, and then also, uh, the beloved Bull, the Chicago Bulls, unveiled new alternate uniforms because it's the, the law. They have to come up with three right. new ones every year. We have to
2: remarket. Right. We need a new one. And it gave Laurie Markkinen something to do. <laughs> That's, I had the same thought. Yeah. Hey, look. Hey, Lori Markkinen exists. They yeah. look
0: great, kid. Yeah, go for you. But that Chicago Bulls jersey with the flag, and it's right a great across, look.
2: Right across where on anybody else, not me, there would be abs.
0: I, I like those. The city edition jersey. Um, and I, I think, I, you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for the the flag getting some more involvement in our local teams. Thank you. I, I vote vote Spiegel share, on eleven six. Yeah, I
2: don't share your passion for the Chicago city flag. I, so I don't share your passion for involving it in in sports.
0: Why do you hate the flag, stuff? Steve? Why do you hate? Because I'm an
2: anarchist. We began the show with. With National anarchy. basketball anarchy, the NBA. So I guess we're ending it there too. Mm-hmm. That's all I could say is I'm all for for I don't know better design. I don't know what the four stars uh, is. It usually a four year sentence for politicians <laughs> who get who get caught. Is that it?
0: I enjoyed your uh, your general anarchy salute. Your general anarchist <laughs> thoughts um, about was- the NBA.
2: And it was great.
0: Multiple teams displaying anarchy just last night.
2: I don't really like the, the game itself, but I'm there for the entertainment. And what could be more entertaining than that? And Bradley Beal grabbing Scott Brooks' clipboard. Right. Or Chris Paul telling Mike D'Antoni, can you and the coaches get out? We'll handle this huddle. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to say goodbye. Mercifully. Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic. Sah- Sahad of Sharma of The Athletic. David Schuster of The Score. I want to thank Eli Hershkovich for producing the back end of this. I want to thank Zach Withers for ordering the pizza. Matt Spiegel, thanks for putting up with this nonsense.
0: I want to thank you for paying for the pizza.
2: Yes. Well, I'm happy to do it. So, Illinois football is next. See you next Saturday. Maybe. Thank you. Kay. thanks. Bye.
1: It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So, kudos to you guys for sucking as bad
2: as we do. Wait. Oh, yes. William. Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four
0: amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line
1: per month with eligible trade in when you switch.